Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcasts at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can also subscribe on Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at eric, E-R-I-K, dot Anderson at nllutheran.com. Our scripture this afternoon is from the sixth chapter of the gospel according to Matthew. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Pray then this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, this afternoon as we... um, refocus and we dwell on prayer. Um, the, over the next five weeks, we're going to be examining the Lord's Prayer and different aspects of the Lord's Prayer. And so I thought it was appropriate as we got started to start from the beginning, which is where you want to start with something like this. And so we hear this first teaching uh, from Matthew chapter 6. This is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. So this is a teaching of Jesus about life in the kingdom and how to live as a Christian. And he starts off with saying, when you pray. Not if you pray, but when you pray. You see, Jesus assumes that people pray, um, which from what we heard last week is in fact the truth. Because at the end of the day, um, we're all suffering At the end of the day, there are aspects of our life that we simply don't have control over. There are things in our life that are too big for us to handle. And so humans, for all of history, have prayed. They've called out to God or to some other higher power to relieve them and to assist them in their struggle and in their mortality and in their death. That's what we talked about last week for Ash Wednesday, and then we also faced our own mortality and our own struggle. And so Jesus here assumes, when you pray. And then he gives us two examples of what not to do. The first one, he says, don't be like um, some Jewish people um, in his time who go to synagogue. Maybe they were religious leaders, Pharisees or such, and they would go to the synagogue or they would go to the street corner and they would pray these wildest ecstatic prayers. They would lift their voices up, they would wail and they would moan, and they would make this big show of their prayer. And they would show people how righteous and holy and religious they were by their prayers out loud. He says, don't be like that. And then he also says, don't be like Gentiles, like non-Jews, who uh, worship other gods, who heap up these empty phrases. And what he's talking about here is he's talking about how we tend to, if we are praying to a God that does not exist, uh, we tend to become a little frantic, right? And we think maybe if we pray harder or we sacrifice more or we 
keep bothering this God, then maybe something finally will happen. Jesus says, don't do that either. Don't be like the Jewish leaders who are showing off, and don't be like the Gentiles who are simply rambling on because they're not praying to a real God. They're not praying to something who has power. He says, instead, pray like this. And he talks about going into your closet and praying in secret, speaking to God personally, because prayer is not about what other people think about you, and prayer also isn't really about you getting what you want from God. Prayer is about this connection, this relationship with God. And then he continues that. He heightens that connection. He says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's how he starts this teaching on prayer. The prayer that he's given to us, what we call the Lord's Prayer, it starts off with our Father, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But the first petition, the first thing we actually ask God to do um, is we say, hallowed be your name. And I don't know about you guys, I haven't used the word hallowed or hallowed or something like that this week, right? Um, And we kind of know what this means, um, right? We kind of know that it means holy, and that's all it means. It just means holy. And we have some sense of that, right? Sometimes people, uh, if we read literature in uh, early English or older English, it might say uh, this is a hallowed halls of this particular church or this hallowed ground of a grave site or something like that, right? We kind of know that it means holy, Uh, We also hear that word hallow in Halloween, which simply means um, Halloween, October 31st, is the day before All Saints Day. And so the Halloween means All Hallows, All Saints, All Holy Ones, All Hallows Eve, the day before All Saints Day. That's what Halloween means. So we hear the word hallowed, but we really don't use it very often. And I like how the Common English Bible translates this phrase, because really... um, hallowed be your name doesn't capture really what's being asked in that. Um, The common English Bible translates it, uphold the holiness of your name. Because that phrase is a request. It's asking God to keep his name holy in me and in my community, in my church, in my city, in the world. It's asking God to uphold his holiness to uphold his name in me and in the world around me. So Martin Luther in the small catechism gets this right when he explains this portion of the Lord's Prayer. Uphold our Father in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Continue to grow your fame in my own heart and in my community. Become more famous, become more well-known. Uphold yourself to me into my community. That's the first prayer of the Lord's Prayer. And so then the question that we need to ask is, what does this mean, right? What does it mean for God to uphold the holiness of his name? And I think the first place to start is asking, what kind of God is this? What does it mean for God to uphold himself? What is he upholding about himself? So who is this God that we're praying to? Is he a boss sitting in a corner office? Is he some kind of angry deity who's ready to throw lightning bolts as soon as we mess up? Or is he some sort of divine glutton who is simply requesting more praise and prayer 
He demands us to give better sacrifices simply because he wants this, he's this kind of uh, gluttonous individual who just wants more and more and more from us. That's not the God that we see in this prayer because Jesus uses the word our Father. So Jesus introduces this God not as some vindictive God, not as some glutton, not as some Zeus throwing lightning bolts at, um, you know, bewildered humans. This is a father that we're dealing with. And not just any father, but our father, all of creation's father. Jesus is father. You're in my father. God, through Jesus, created us. And Jesus provides this new connection for us. It's actually what we hear in the letter to the Hebrews, is that Jesus has provided a way for us to call this God Father, where before we really couldn't. But Jesus has made that connection, that relationship, new, so that, in fact, we can call on God as our Father. So then that leads us to ask the question, how? How is God our Father? And I, as I was thinking about this and meditating on it, there are a few ways um, that we can think about this. The first one is that God is our maker. He created us. Just like um, if you're a parent, you created your child. That's how God creates. He provides life to new things. And so when we look to God, we look to him as our creator. He's the one who has made us. He has placed us into the earth. By his love, he has, willed our, um, he has willed our creation. He has willed us into being simply because of his love. Just as you might have told your child um, when it was time to have the talk, when a mom and a dad love each other very much, right? It's out of love that we produce children. And God is the same way. Out of his love, he has produced the world and us. So he's our maker, the second thing, and I think the most important to our conversation here, is God is, is the one who speaks to us. Now, go with me here. Um, when you were watching your children being raised, and maybe as you're watching your grandchildren um, being raised, uh, do kids speak as soon as they're born? No, right? There's words that happen before a child can, be spoke, can, can begin to speak, Right? And in fact, research tells us that the more words and the more variety of words that a baby hears actually positively um, increases their development and their, uh, their knowledge. It increases um, how well they develop in other areas by the number of words that is spoken to them. That's why it's important to read to your kids and grandkids. It's because they need to hear words before they can can begin to develop words and even begin to develop thoughts. Before they can understand the world around them, they need to hear the words and they need to understand the words. And so we speak to our children way before they ever begin to speak. So in this way, all of our speaking is in fact in response to someone else who first spoke to us. We had to be spoken to for years before we could adequately respond to things, right? Before we could form sentences and develop thoughts and make, uh, make sense of the world around us, we had to be spoken to. We had thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of words had to be spoken to us before we could ever speak. And God does this. He speaks to us. 
He speaks to us through creation. And most importantly, he speaks to us through the scriptures. He tells us about himself. He gives us the categories for understanding how he works in the world. And so when we pray to him, when we speak to him, all of our, all of our prayers, all of our speaking to him is in fact a response. We're not the ones who go to him first. He has been doing all this speaking and developing years before you ever pray to him, before you even ever know how to pray to him. He's been speaking to you. And so all of our prayers are a response to the things he's done to us. And this is why reading scripture is so important if we want to be able to pray well. People who pray well read scripture well or listen to scripture because really scripture is meant to be listened to. It was in the way that it was inspired by God and the way that it was developed by God was to be read out loud. So you can listen to scripture and it's just as good if not better than actually reading it on a page. And so we had to be spoken to before we can respond. And this is why good prayers are good scripture hearers. They first listen to God. They've spent years listening to God, and they develop a vocabulary of prayer where they can respond to him. Because we can't know someone as a father unless they've revealed themselves as a father, unless they've spoken to us and provided for us and done good works for us. That's how we know who our father is. God is also our provider. He's the one who gives us what we need spiritually and physically. He's given us promises in Jesus Christ of wholeness, of healthiness, of holiness, of eternal life, of peace and joy and patience. He's given us promises and he continues to provide those things for us. That's another way that he is a father to us. And lastly, he's a father to us because he's our rock. He's the one that we find our purpose in. He's the one that we find who we are, our identity in, is in God. Just much like uh, we find some of our identity in our last name, the name of our father, right? That's been passed down and given to us. That's part of our identity. God is our rock. He's, our, he's our, uh, the place that we get our confidence from, the place that we get our identity from. That's how he is our father. And so Jesus tells us to pray like this our Father. He doesn't tell us to pray our distant, omnipotent, scary God who we're just afraid we're walking on eggshells all the time. No. Simply, prayer is speaking to our Heavenly Father who created, who speaks to us, who provides for us, who sustains us, and who gives us our identity. And so this week, um, I want us to focus on listening to God. Because I think oftentimes, even if we are really, really good and comfortable with praying, um, which many of us I'm sure are not, uh, but even those of us who are, I think oftentimes we're quick to, to talk when we get into prayer. We think that prayer is us talking to God and, and, and doing this business with him, kind of checking it off our list, which I think God likes that. Just like when I get home from work and my son bombards me with all the things that he's done that day, I love it, right? I like hearing from him, even if it's kind of rambling, um, even if it's not, uh, not very productive or meaningful. So I think God likes that, but I think what's better for us is to begin by listening. 
So on that card, on that bookmark uh, that you can put into your Bible, there are some ideas for how you can listen to God. Um, one of them is kind of switching up the daily prayer routine that we have on the other side and by pausing during part of it and allowing God a minute of silence before you begin to say anything. You say the creed, uh, you do the sign of the cross and you say the Apostles' Creed and then you stop for a minute and you be silent. And you just let the creed kind of rest on your mind. Because that's not a prayer, that's a statement, right? That tells us who God is. And then you can begin your prayers. That's just giving God some time. You're just listening for a minute before you begin to talk. Another option is doing your scripture reading before you pray. That's allowing God to speak to you and then responding with your prayers. Another way is to pray during and after your scripture reading. So as you're reading through uh, your, your particular reading for that day or you're listening to it, when a word strikes you or when something surprises you, you press the pause button so you stop listening or you stop reading and you just sit in silence for a little bit. And you let that phrase or that word spin around in your mind and you begin to pray to God from that word. God, what does this mean? Why, why, is, why is it phrased this way? What does it mean for me? And you can just listen to God and dwell on his scripture. So there are some ideas for you. There's only four. Um, try one of them. Try all of them. Um, do them one. Do a different one each day, however you want to practice that. But it's just some ideas for listening um, to God first because he is our father. He speaks to us first. Way before we ever talked to him, he's been speaking to us. He provides for us. He sustains us. And we should be going to him and listening to him that way. It's the elephant in the room.